This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Once again, a huge happy Father's Day to everybody. And uh, I, can see, I can see in your faces what you all need right about now. You all need some dad jokes, don't you? Who needs a dad joke? I'm loaded. I am locked and loaded with some dad jokes. If you're on the live stream and you've got a dad joke that you think can surpass this one, or even if you're in the room and you want to jump on the live stream and offer a dad joke, then uh, feel free. I'm so bad at delivering jokes. I don't know why I've done this. (laughs) I'm afraid for the calendar. Why? Its days are numbered. Okay. It gets better. What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing. It just waved. That was a bit better. I saw this advert in a window that said, television for sale, one pound, volume stuck on full. I thought, I can't turn that down. Yeah. Was that genuine laughter? I think there was some genuine laughter in the room then. Do you want another one? (laughs) Oh, thank you. Who's that? Yeah. I don't know if I was laughing at this or not. Uh, Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. It was too tired. Maybe one more. My wife asked me to stop singing Wonderwall to her. I said, maybe. Great. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that spontaneous round of applause. <laughs> we want Jeff. He's always <laughs> Brilliant. That was also my audition for the worship team right there. Thump. Uh, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, yeah, no, a massive uh, happy Father's Day to everybody in the room. And there is a gift coming your way, uh, as you've seen, uh, after the service. And uh, we're going to continue our series, Home. We've been uh, looking at the series the past few weeks. Uh, and this idea about God is building a home. God is building uh, his family. And we want to build our lives on the teachings of Jesus. So in this home series, we've been looking at uh, the parables. You know, Jesus uh, is this incredible teacher. He's Lord and Savior. He's more than a teacher, isn't he? He's more than a prophet. He is Lord and Savior. He's God uh, in man. He's God incarnate. But we can't ignore the teachings of Jesus uh, you know, the, the, the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus changes human history forever. But we can't ignore the teachings of Jesus. His teaching is revolutionary. Uh, and most of his teaching is contained in the parables. So the past few weeks, we've been looking at some of these different parables. You know, parables about uh, a shepherd who loses uh, its sheep and chases after that sheep and then brings it home. Or a father who embraces a son. Or last week, Jeff talked about building our life on the rock. Uh, And in the parables, uh, in all the parables, Jesus is revealing either something about the nature and character of God, what is God like, or what kind of kingdom is he building. And I'm going to kind of play with some of the metaphors this morning. The kingdom of God is a metaphor. Jesus used a metaphor because Jesus lived and taught at a time where the people he was talking to lived under the thumb of the empire, the Roman Empire. And parable, parable literally means comparison. 
So parables were these stories that kind of painted a picture about a different way of living. They painted a picture about a different kind of kingdom, the kingdom of God. Not a kingdom built by human hands, not an empire, uh, not a system of this world built by humans uh, and built to kind of destroy and oppress, but actually a kingdom built by God, God's kingdom. Another metaphor might be a house, and we're looking at this series, Home, that God is building a home. God is building a family, and it is so good to worship together, isn't it? Like this morning, just looking across our congregation and everyone online as well, this is such an extraordinary family, such a beautiful family, such a diverse family. You know, people in this family who've been here, as Dave said in the video, for, uh, for decades, and people who've maybe arrived even in the past year to be a part of this Life Church family. And this Life Church family is part of a bigger family called the church, the global church and the kingdom of God. Billions of us, millions of people gathering online or in person every Sunday to worship together, to lean into the teachings of Jesus together. So one metaphor might be the kingdom of God. God is not like the emperors or the leaders of this world. He's building a different kind of kingdom. God is like a parent who's building his family, who's inviting people home. And in the parable we're going to look at this morning, God's also like a gardener. He's growing his garden. Uh, some of the parables have more of an agricultural theme to them. So God is like a gardener and he's growing his garden. So in today's parable, uh, in a moment we're going to go to Matthew uh, chapter 13. But before we go there, in this parable, you'll see that Jesus is asked the question, Jesus, why do you always talk in parables? In a moment, you're going to hear the disciples ask Jesus that question. It's almost like they're saying, Jesus, can't you just give us an easy answer to easy questions? Have you ever felt like that about God? Have you ever come to God with like, I've got these kind of, they feel like simple questions, and I come away not always with simple answers. Sometimes God does give us a simplicity, doesn't he? But actually, often in the teachings of Jesus, he gave them a story. He gave them something to wrestle with. He gave them something to, something to think about. And in this story, the disciples say, why do you always talk to us in parables? What is going on with you, Jesus? Why do you always answer our questions in parables? And what's beautiful in this story is Jesus answers the question. And you might listen to this answer in a moment and think, that's not an answer. But Jesus' answer is this. It's in Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 9. He says, the reason I speak in parables is that those who have ears would hear. Does anyone else find that a satisfying answer? <laughs> Jesus says, the reason I teach in parables is those who have ears, I want them to hear. What he's saying is this, is if you're really interested, if you really want to know what God is like, if you really want to know what kind of kingdom God is building in and through Jesus, then listen. This parable, the secret to the parable we're going to share in a moment, is listening. Now, this kind of listening is active listening. It's like edge, on your seat, edge of your seat kind of listening. Uh, like uh, there's this beautiful image in Scripture of people sitting at Jesus' feet. That was kind of a posture people would take to say, I am submissive. I want to learn from you, Jesus. They would sit at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. For people who are leaning forward, for people who are on the edge of their seat, if you've ever watched cricket or any other kind of sport that involves catching, what you'll see is people who are ready to catch, they're poised. 
Have you ever seen sport where people just kind of like stood around, like twiddling their thumbs or checking their watch or checking their phone? Or you don't see sports people doing that, do you? When they're on the field of play. Now, if you've ever watched England cricket, you may have seen them sometimes before drop the catch quite often. Uh, this summer has been a summer of England dropping the catch. But people poised. That's what we're looking for this morning. Jesus is looking for people whose ears Hearts, eyes are open, who are leaning forward, who are leaning in, who are poised, ready to catch. Just in case Jesus drops something incredible, not drops something by mistake, but, you know, drops some truth, speaks some truth. They're ready to catch. They're ready to take it, hold of it. They're ready to capture it. They're ready to say, I'm having this. Is that you? Yes. Mm. Good. <laughs> Is that you this morning? Are you leaning forward? Are you leaning in? Is your heart open? Is your heart ready? Are your ears switched on? On the live stream, wherever you're watching this at the moment, maybe you're watching this back in the future, lean in, not just to my words, but I'm now going to read a story uh, that Jesus tells. This is today's parable. It's called the parable of the sower. It's otherwise known as the parable of the soils. And you'll see in a moment why it might also be called the parable of the soils. In this parable, I want you to identify who is the God character. As I read this story, who is the God character? And then later, it's going to be really crucial for you to ask the question, who am I in this story? There's going to be four types of soil. And a great question for you to ask is, which one am I? Which one of these soils represents me? But here's Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 to 23. It's going to be on the screen, and this is the message uh, translation of this parable. At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into the boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he, he addressed his congregation, telling them stories. Can you picture that scene? So Jesus has got this great teaching, he's healing people, and so crowds are gathering. This crowd is so big that Jesus looks around thinking, I need more space to communicate to this crowd. So he jumps on the boat, and from the boat, he begins to speak to this large crowd on the beach. These are now the words of Jesus. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road, and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun, sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond its wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? The disciples came up and asked, why do you tell these stories? He replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness. Well, to challenge, to provoke, to invite. That's why Jesus is telling these stories. To nudge the people toward a welcome awakening. Does not, who wants that? A welcome awakening. Wow. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. 
Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are stupid. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you are seeing, to hear what you are hearing, but never had the chance. Study this story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and it doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but the weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond its wildest dreams. I love what Dave said in the video. You know, Dave, when he thought about being a parent, when he first became a parent, he felt uh, ill-prepared. felt, oh, this is too big for me. But I would say Dave and Rachel became good soil. And now their experience, years later, decades later, is saying... Our experience, our, our daughters, what they're doing in their lives, what God is doing in their lives is beyond our wildest dreams. So, the question, the first question, <coughs> excuse me, the first question I asked you just before the parable was who is God in the parable? Anyone, I know you've got masks on, but who do you think God is in the parable? The sower. <coughs> yes, God is the sower. So the sower represents the word of God, the kingdom of God, the seed. The seed is the word of God or the kingdom of God. And every time we hear a parable, that's a crucial question to ask. Who is God in this parable? <coughs> and what does this parable teach us about the nature of God, what God is like? I would say it says this to me about God. God is generous. God is scattering this seed indiscriminately. God is scattering this seed. He's generous. He's a sower. He loves to give. And he wants, wants things to grow. That's what God is like. He wants you to grow. He wants his garden to grow. He wants his home to grow. He wants his kingdom to advance. He wants his children to grow and to flourish. So that's what God is like. But then each parable you listen to, you should also ask the question, who am I in this parable? Which one of these characters am I in this parable? Just have another quick drink. So, who are you? Of those four soils, I want this parable this morning to be a bit of a challenge, to be a bit of a mirror. You know, often the parables are a mirror. They are an invitation. They are a uh, provoking us to say, who am I in this story? Have I received God's word? Am I growing? Am I flourishing? 
<coughs> you know, the first hearers of this story were people who believed in God. The first hearers of this story were people who believed in God's kingdom, believed God was going to send a savior, a messiah, a leader. You would think when you read the gospel stories that when Jesus came along, everyone would be like, amazing, he's here. The one that's been promised for thousands of years, the one that we hoped would come, he's here. But what do we get when Jesus begins to tell his stories? We get rejection and we get resistance. You know, we get people saying, this isn't the one. He can't be the one. Or we get people saying, I'm not quite sure about this guy. This morning, I'd imagine, <clears throat> I'd imagine this room, there's not many people that have rejected Jesus. Because you're here. You're in the room. You're on the live stream. You're engaging with this. You're listening to this. But maybe a challenge for some of us this morning is not that have we rejected Jesus, but are we resisting Jesus? Are we resisting what God wants to do in our lives? So let's have a look at these four soils, and we're not going to point anyone out. I'm not making a judgment call on you, but as we look at these four soils, you might identify, you might think, yeah, I can see that in me. I can see that in me at the moment. And before we get into them, I want to encourage you, where this is going is, you can change. If today you identify yourself as saying, I think I'm one of these soils that isn't growing and flourishing, then you can change. You can replant. You know, last week, uh, the Build Your Life on the Rock parable says this. You can move house. You can rebuild. You can replant. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Number one, the first soil. And this is the image that we saw uh, in the parable. The, the, first, um, the first seed fell on the ground and the birds came and ate it. Now, you might love birds here. I'm not saying the birds represent the devil or Satan. Or, but in this picture, you know, some birds are lovely, aren't they? Okay. They, you, know, you might think seagulls maybe aren't lovely. Uh, or maybe you're a big fan of seagulls, whoever it might be. But in this story, the image that we get is that the birds come along and they eat the seed. They steal the seed away. Has there ever been your experience? Have you ever felt like you had something precious that was taken away from you. You had something valuable and it was taken away from you. Before you knew it, you're like, life was going well, but it just felt like this thing was ripped away from me, stolen away from me. That's the first soil. When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a few weeks ago when Jeff spoke about the three lost parables. Do you remember those a few weeks ago? Lost coin, lost son, lost sheep. And I've reflected a lot about these three lost parables over the years. Here's what I find interesting. <clears throat> the lost son gets lost by an act of rebellion. There's no doubt about it. The son is lost because he chooses to reject the father. No doubt about it. But the coin, the coin isn't lost because of its own fault, is it? The coin is lost because of an error. <coughs> the coin just finds itself lost. The coin is just back, uh, you know, down the back of the city or whatever, or it's in that place that you forgot to look. Have you ever lost something? And you're like, it's in the place where things go, the drawer, the cupboard, back of the city. And eventually in that story, the woman finds the coin and is so delighted when she finds the coin, she throws a huge party. I've met a lot of people in life who seem like the coin. They weren't lost because of some 
horrendous thing they did or some mistake they made or some rejection. They just found themselves lost. Has that been your experience? Just found themselves lost. Just one day thought, how did I get here? In this dark hole, you know, think about, I know the coin's just a coin, but think about it from the coin's perspective. It's just in darkness. It's been lost. And maybe, without personifying the coin too much, maybe there's no hope of being found. Maybe that's some of our story. Or what about the sheep? Again, I don't have a go at the sheep. Why? Because it's a sheep. It just gets lost because that's what sheep do. It's just looking for food. It's following its nose or it just kind of meanders. And again, I've, lo- I've met lots of people like that who they find themselves lost somewhere along the way. And it, again, it wasn't some horrific thing that they did. They just found themselves, they meandered and they just followed the noise. They followed the scent of greener grass or whatever. You know, they just followed their nose. They just kind of meandered off and they realized, wow, I am a long way from home. So this morning, you might feel lost. You might feel like that first soil where the enemy's stolen something. Can I remind you, in all three stories, something gets lost and something gets found in every story. If right now you're a bit lost, feel a bit far from home, a bit broken, a bit of a mess, lost things can be found. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is the mission of Jesus. If you're lost today, you can be found. Also, this, this image of the enemy stealing something reminds us that there is an enemy. You know, John 10.10 says this, The thief comes to steal, rob, and destroy. But I, as in Jesus, have come to give you life and life in all of its fullness. There is an enemy. But we can guard our hearts. We can guard our hearts. We can protect ourselves. And we can resist temptation. We can resist evil. And actually, that's where, we can, that's where we can see overcoming of evil. But the first image is this. The enemy steals it. And that's maybe where you find yourself today. Second of all, the rocky place. The seed fell on the rocky place, but it was shallow ground. It didn't have deep roots. And again, maybe that's you. Maybe there's been quick growth. Maybe a number of years ago, you said yes to Jesus and there was quick growth. But then that growth wasn't deep. It, wasn't sh- it was shallow. There wasn't a depth to your relationship with God. Well, can I encourage you today to go deeper in your relationship with God? I kind of had this image come to mind. That if God is an ocean, some of us are paddling. You know, if God is an ocean, maybe right now some of us are paddling. But actually maybe this parable is provoking us to say, hey, you can go deeper. If you feel like you're that soil, that kind of shallow soil, it's a bit rocky, it's shallow, you can go deeper today in your relationship with God. What does that look like? Well, most things of depth take time. The best meals you've ever eaten took a long time to cook. The best conversations you had or the best relationships you've had or the best journeys you've been on were probably often long journeys. Most things in your life that were probably the best things probably took a lot of time, a lot of preparation, a lot of patience. Just the same with your relationship with God. It's not a quick fix. It's not, here I am, God, one prayer, on my way. You know, actually it takes time. There's a depth to it. If God is an ocean, then maybe some of us are paddling. And my encouragement would be, jump in, dive in. You can actually have a deeper relationship with God. The third image was fell amongst thorns. 
And Jesus says that the worries of life stole their joy. (coughs) Comparison, chasing after different things. The, the, The flower grew or the plant grew, but it grew alongside the weed. And it kind of got messed up. It got complicated. Because of these distractions or these concerns or these worries or these comparisons. Here's my encouragement. Go after Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. And practice contentment. Contentment is an antidote to consumerism. Contentment is an antidote to comparison. When we find our all in King Jesus, I remember being a a young person and reading this proverb uh, in the Old Testament that says, better a meal of vegetables with love. This is like pre-veganism being trendy. Better a meal of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. I remember as a teenager that really speaking to me thinking, yeah, like it's better to have a meal that may seem not massive or not, uh, maybe look amazing, but if it's prepared in love and it's eaten in love, that's so much better. There's incredible feast, but nobody likes each other. Contentment, the power of contentment. So here's the challenge for all of us this morning. You know, maybe Maybe as you're thinking about these soils, these three different soils, of course, the fourth soil is this, is the good soil. The fourth soil is the good soil. And here's what we see in the good soil, exponential fruit, incredible growth, an incredible legacy, an incredible harvest. And what's the key to being good soil? It's this. It's hearing God's word. It's listening. Do you know the difference, difference between hearing and listening? Do you ever have a conversation with someone and you're like, they're hearing me, but they're not listening? They're just waiting until I stop talking so they can talk. Have you ever had a conversation like that? There's a difference between hearing and listening. Sometimes we're like that with God. We can hear him, but we're not really listening. So there's hearing, there's listening, there's understanding. Understanding comes from really thinking something through, wrestling with it, chewing it through. And then the fourth element, and this is what the good soil looks like, is doing it, applying. How do you be good soil? We hear God's word. We listen to it. We actively listen. We lean forward. For those who have ears to hear, listen. And then we chew it. We think about it. We wrestle with it. We come to a place of understanding. You know, I'm thinking this through. I'm really chewing this through. I'm wrestling. There's back and forth. That's a great place for life group this week to wrestle with this. And then we apply it. We then say, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm actually going to try and live this out. That's what the good soil looks like. So here's the challenge for all of us in summary. How to be good soil. And yeah, thank you, Ruth. You can, you can help me out. How to, how to be good soil. First of all, guard your heart. Guard your heart. You know, if you've lost something, if you feel like the enemy's stolen something from you, remember, lost things can be found. And you can guard your heart this morning. Second of all, we can all go deeper. If God is an ocean, then maybe some of us are paddling. But maybe today is the day to say, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to go all in in my relationship with God. Go deeper. Third of all, the the third soil, maybe the way to resist comparison or resist consumerism is to embrace contentment, is to say, I am God's and he is mine. Better a meal of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. And fourth, the fourth thing, hear, listen, understand, 
apply. Hear the word of God, but listen, actively listen, lean forward, lean in, sit at the feet of Jesus. Be poised, ready to catch what he's got for you. Listen, understand, wrestle with it, chew it through, think about it, and then apply. You know, God might have a challenge for you this morning. Hear what he has to say, listen, actively listen, think it through, understand. And then the fourth part of being good soil is to do it, is to actually put it into practice, is to apply it, is to have a go. And so just as the band leaders now, I want, I want, you, want to encourage you to close your eyes where you are because we're going to just reflect for a moment. Which one of those are you? Maybe you are the good soil. Maybe you've reflected this morning and thought, yeah, I see in my life fruit being produced. I see good soil being, I see good soil. I see a harvest. That's awesome. If you're one of the other three, here's my encouragement and my challenge. You can move house. You can replant. You can hear God's challenge. You can listen to it. You can understand what he wants to say and you can apply it. You can live differently. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.